bit of love, need a little trust, need some love, lot of love right now. There's been pain from the start, lot of pain in my heart, need a change, but I don't know how. I need a bit of love, need a little trust, need some love, lot of love right now. There's been pain from the start, lot of pain in my heart, need a change, but I don't know how. R.I.P. to Nathan Sadly he was taken by an officer Who got the word that something had been taken By a darker male The only way that they depict him Came up to Nate to accusate Cause he fit a description No, no sir I got my receipt right here Reached in his pocket That's a gun Cops at six shots flare Down goes Nate Wrong place at the wrong time Holding on tape But the cop never knew him Especially for people who telling me There's no point in working hard Cause you ain't gon' make it far I won't waste another year I'm getting out of here Cause I got the energy If you're not a friend of me You're still not an enemy But you can pretend to be And I got a remedy For negative energy I made it especially For people who telling me There's no point in working hard Cause you ain't gon' make it far Won't waste another year I'm getting out of here Cause I got the energy You 2323 So be my next guest is a Congolese American artist from Shoreline, Washington. He has gained recognition for songs such as Seeds and Truce, which is a song about police brutality and has reached close to 2 million views on Spotify. It's my pleasure to introduce Nathan Zonga. Mid-March madness, sweet 16, yeah. underdog status, uppercut swings if they say you can't sing, you're feeling like Yao Ming under your wing, ring-a-ling ring to the ghetto crown kings, ring-a-ling ring to the folks who fit rings, unfit, unkipped, dim-wit, now he, run shit like drum kits with tough shit proudly, pen worth plenty, plenty more than a penny, pen quite sharp, blacksmith like Kenny, pen starship, Cyril Swish like Reggie, pen with transcript, y'all. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Nathan Zanga. Yes, sir. I pronounced your last name right, man? Correct. Silent N. Awesome. <laughs> that must throw people off all the time. Yeah, for definitely. I've been Nathan the Zanga and the Goonza. Like, people add letters at all that aren't there, but mm. people see N C and get confused immediately. <laughs> Do you know the um, comedian Tom Segura? Yeah. Like, I was watching one of his stand-ups, and he was like, whenever I go to a hotel or something, people think I'm going to be some Japanese guy, and they always pronounce it in their head, Sakura! <laughs> some fucking Japanese thing. I'm like, holy shit. I feel like you'd get the same thing, kind of. Zanka! <laughs> Zanka. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I did some research on Congolese Americans, and there's Lord. only like 11,000 Congolese Americans. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's a lot in the Northwest. I mean, like, there's a big community in the Northwest of Congolese people, but um, a lot of Congolese Americans are in North Carolina. Mm. Yeah, my dad, when he first came to, um, when he first came to the states, he stayed in North Carolina for a while, and there was there's a large Congolese community over there. Yeah, because I did some freaking like, I looked up like a census. Cause I was like, I've never, I don't know any Congolese Americans, and it's like a really small population actually. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you follow your heritage at all? Of course, like, like I've heard from your other interview that your dad moved here in like the 80s. So mm-hmm. did has he told you all about the Congo and have you been there? I've never been to the Congo still, man. I'm 21. Oh my God. That's one of my biggest things. Like, like I used growing up, I used to be like, oh, man, I have zero interest in going over there. Nothing like you guys came over here for a reason. But like that was ignorant. Like I was silly. Like I want to be able to realize why my parents are the the way they are and like seeing why they're they're the way they are like will help me have a bigger realization of why I'm the way I am so for sure what do you know about the congo that you maybe read through books or your parents or um the congo was um colonized by the belgium uh way back in the day and um they uh 
Yeah, so everybody, so French is the national language over there, but yeah. um, my parents speak uh, uh, Lingala and French, and then my grandma speaks this language called Kikongo as well. My grandma lives with us as well. But um, yeah, they're, um, the Congo's independent, I want to say, I want to say like at least 30, 40 years ago, they got they got independence from Belgium type thing. But um, I think the, like, I don't, I only learned about like King Leopold and the Belgium, like, like what the Bel, the Belgians murdering millions upon millions upon millions of Congolese people for, um, for rubber. I found, I learned that about that in like junior year of high school, like mm. nothing about, it was weird, but, um, yeah, before, um, yeah, Congo's just in the middle of Africa. <laughs> I, I gotta go to know, I gotta go to know though. Isn't isn't Africa like the biggest country or something like that? It can feel like multiple in the world, yeah. But um, a lot of world maps they don't. Uh, on a lot of world maps they don't put the actual size that it is. Like the the comparatively, apparently the Americas is way smaller than it is supposed to be on the uh, on uh, world maps. But the world maps that they've mm. shown us aren't necessarily to scale. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So speaking of all those different languages in your household, do you understand all of them or are you kind of lost sometimes? Um, I took French for three years and I thought because my parents knew French, it would just be like, yo, I'm going to pick that up quickly. No, it didn't happen. And then like I was terrible at French. And then um, Lingala, they spoke like they spoke every they spoke Lingala French and English around the house. But growing up, um, if they didn't want us to hear something, they'd just flip uh, from English to uh, to French or flip to English to Lingala. And we'd just be like, really, guys, you're just going to like let us out of the conversation. But eventually we picked it up. Like, I I can't I can't come first like that, like that with somebody speaking Lingala. But like if you're speaking at me in Lingala type thing, I'll pick up body language and I'll pick up the majority of what you had to say. Hmm. So do you know how to pronounce like your first name in every language that your family speaks or is it all similarly distinct? I mean, my mom, my grandma calls me Nathan. My mom and my grandma call me Nathan or, uh, or you know, my dad, like, I don't know, like with the, Nathan with a thick African accent is just like Nathan. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I didn't, everyone says that like learning a language is actually like easy. Like, you know, there's like Rosetta Stone and all these different things or like, I guess, kids actually pick it up really quickly like spanish and things like that forced us to learn it when we were super little it just would have been like that but i know like i took mandarin for three years from like my freshman year through junior year and the thing was though i was the only black kid in the class and there's only one other white kid and the rest were all asian so they basically knew the language already so like mandarin to quick yeah, it was easy A. Like, even English isn't that... Like, if you're taking, like, language arts or just English or whatever people call it, that's not just English. Like, that shit's hard to learn, like, all the different sentence structures and everything like that. Yeah. But, but like, when you're learning, when you're learning like, Mandarin or whatever other language, you're actually basically starting from A to Z and then yeah. working your way up with, like, small sentences. So it's, like, just... It's, like, preschool for them, basically. Jeez. So, like, for me to... <laughs> So for me to like keep up with the class, like me and this other white guy, we would just like memorize it, like completely like memorize the the study guides or like flashcards, and then we would both honestly just like puke up all the answers. Like wow. neither of us know any of the like don't know the language <laughs> at all. Like I was talking to him the other day, and we just completely forgot it because like we just wanted that A because like we'd be the only one. Like if occasionally, of course, we'd like actually like for Chinese at least or Mandarin you'd either get like an A on the test or an F. Like there was no in between. Like if you, if you knew your shit, you knew your shit. So like if there was an F in the class, it would either be me or him. <laughs> so like everyone would fucking know. So we had to just like memorize that shit. That's, I feel like it's just a terrible way to learn. Yeah. How many know, man. classes in high, like how many classes growing up were you like, I'm here because I like learning this stuff versus I'm here because I need this A? One. One? Just one. Maybe language arts because I I liked writing and stuff, but the only class that 
honestly mattered to me overall was senior year when I took radio. And then I was able to get hired by 92.5, like, in senior year. Like, I was, like, the youngest wow. person I hired there. And, um, yeah, and now I'm just doing podcasting and being part of the station. But, like, besides that... So you work from moving right now? Um, everything's closed there right now. Okay. You know, because of the virus. I can't even record my... Because I recorded my episodes there as well. Mm-hmm. So I can't even do that. Can't do anything for the station right now. So I've been just making like makeshift setups throughout my house finding which room has the best like acoustics like right now i'm in my workout room (laughs) so and i think we've decided this is not the best room so we're gonna move it again tomorrow but i I like the mickey mouse phone in the back i like the static that you got going on though thank you i I love mickey mouse i got the freaking mickey tat (laughs) okay okay (laughs) when like when was like mickey mouse like of course when you were little little but like Growing up, it was just always know. Mickey Mouse, or it was either it was like my favorite superhero and everything was like Spider Man. I had everything Spider Man, and then somewhere in middle school, I somehow learned how to do like the Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> so I was able to. I just like it just grew on me. And but then in the past like few months, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, about my to voice say, isn't even deep. That you can do it without like giving us an acronym. I know, right? It would just be embarrassing at this point. I'll, I have like, I probably have a video saved somewhere. I'll send you, but like, it was, it was, it was great. But what about you? Like, from my like your previous interview, you said like you only did school for like one year for college. Or? Yeah, I went to um, Grand Canyon University in Phoenix for a year, and um, when I went there, I was like. Like, I was iffy about going to school in the first place. I was really only going to school just on some, like, hey, this is what, like, like, I don't know. This is what you've been working towards your whole life. This is what parents have been talking toward. Like, like, this is where everybody in the family is supposed to do things. Like, we Mm -hmm. came from Congo to see Washington, to America, to make sure you guys can get the best possible life. And the best possible life means the highest ranking of education you can possibly get. So like all my siblings are like, my little brother is the only one that's still in school right now, but um, my other siblings, they graduated from college. Um, but um, yeah, I went to Grand Canyon for a year, went to some classes, eventually stopped going to some classes, eventually just sat around in my dorm, just sad all the time, just not doing very much. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know, middle of the school year, I put that energy towards art and just writing. And I just started making as much as I possibly could. So that's how we started making the Welcome to Natropolis series. Um, a lot of uh, the um, the trilogy of mixtapes that uh, we have out online. Wow. That's a great background. <laughs> I, I'm kind of in the same boat, though, like, so I graduated from high school almost like a year and a half ago, 2019. Okay. And so I like moved out of my house like in the middle of senior year and I was like living with friends and stuff and like I was able to like tr- finally like think for my own because I didn't have to like worry about my parents. Like if I wanted to do something, it was because I wanted to do it. And like my fa- <laughs> my family wanted me to go to school to be like a doctor or some shit. Yep. Even though I was bad at science and had like, there was nothing about me that screamed doctor by any means. They were just like, you know what? That's a good profession for you to do. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not in any advanced math classes or science classes. And so they wanted me to go to this like specific college that would give me like this some whatever doctorate thingy. And I was like, I don't want to do this shit at all. It makes absolutely no sense. And I, I joined the radio class and it just like clicked for me. And I realized, well, the movement, like I got hired at, by the station in like May of 2019. And by May, that's when you really want to know like what college you're going to be going to by that point. Yeah. And I was like, because I interviewed them for my radio show in high school. And then like literally like a week later, they, they accepted me to work there. And between that, like, week in between, I was like, this is where I'm going to decide if I'm going to be working for radio 
or going to school for radio because I had decided by that point that I was not going <laughs> to be a doctor because <laughs> it just made no sense to me in the first place. Bro, but my like, parents wanted everything, was just hoping that one of their four kids would end up being a doctor. They were 0 for 4 for sure. But mm. <laughs> they, they were pushing it, man. Part of me wants to throw a doctor in my rap name just to... Doctor Zonga. Kind of got one. But, but I don't, like, I get, I, I understand. Parents probably understand, but at the same time, I don't think they realize, like, when you're a kid about to, like, live on your own, like, nowadays, like, you can research how much shit actually costs. Like, you can literally break down how much money you need for even food for, like, one year. And then you're looking at, like, how much it costs for food for one year. And maybe that's, like, $5,000. And you're like, oh, shit, that's kind of a lot. And maybe you're looking at, like, how much gas is going to cost for that one year in school. Okay, yeah. maybe that's a lot. And then you finally get to the point when you look at how much it's going to cost to attend this school. And then you're like, oh, $80,000. That's a lot. $80,000 no? every year. And yes. also... I'm trying to be a doctor. I've never been interested in any chemistry class I've ever taken ever, but who cares? I'm going to just grind time. Come on. Let me do this for the next 10 years. Yeah. Like back in the day, you could easily like play, pay your way through school. But like, even if you're like a girl and have like a sugar daddy, that guy's not going to be paying for your whole entire school. <laughs> like, no one's going to be openly fine paying for real school unless they're set with millions of dollars in the bank. Well, there, there's, there, there's old dudes with enough of a bag. There's old dudes with enough of a bag to do it. <laughs> it's not. Honestly, you're probably right. It's, it's, I'm sure it's like, I'm sure it was easier back in the day. But like, at the same time, I think the market is higher nowadays yeah. than it was. Like, I feel like I have multiple friends. I should just like, yeah, I sell, send my feet pics to to old man. It's like, he sent me $45. Like, he sent me $300. Like, whatever. Like, I have multiple yeah. friends just like, yeah. It's definitely a regular occasion now. Mm-hmm. I get that. I feel like I just want that to happen to me one time. Because you always hear about girls, like, having old men walk up to them and being like, hey, I'll pay for your stuff. Like, one of my friends was literally just, like, walking in Kirkland. And then this guy, like, proposed to her with an idea to be their sugar daddy. Like, just out of nowhere. And then I, I go I go a lot of places. I live in Snohomish now, which is way north. Yeah. And I go from Snohomish all the way down to Tacoma just to meet with artists and in, everywhere in between. I walk down lots of streets, sunny, rainy, driving, whatever, and not a single old lady or even an old man has came up to me and be like, Hey, I love your hair. I like your Mickey Mouse tattoo. Let me pay for whatever you need. Not once. Bro, I, I hear you, bro. I've been walking around just like, what is it going to take for me to be in consideration? I need some videos to fund. If you guys could help pay for studio time, that mm. would be great. I could sit around <laughs> and chat with you. A hundred percent, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see when I was doing research, dude, you raised a fuck ton of money for your, your new video thing that you're doing. Bro, like, that was wild, man. That was like grace of God, man, and the grace, the kind, the kindness of people's hearts, man. Like I didn't, like I put the fundraiser up on my Instagram once, man, but like people just ran up with it, man. People were sharing it everywhere, wow. man, and like a hundred. When they said that we should raise fifteen thousand dollars to put for um the video, I was just like, that's not necessarily something that I could see happening. Like all the videos that I've done have been running gone, just like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do it. But like this was my first like this was the first like big crew on set, like very, 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 very expensive stuff that we're working with. And it was just like a super cool story too. So like people were really um intrigued and wanting to help out and um Truce did a lot when we first put it out. So I think people were just like excited to see where else we could go with it. So, um, yeah, we, like, a hundred, over a hundred people raised $20,000. In two months. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, man. I would never have thought, but, man, like, we got blessed. So it's just, like, I got to take the opportunity that we've been given and run with it, man. I got to make sure that the um, album that we're working on is amazing type thing. And I got to make, and the video is, like, the video is pretty much 
it's almost there. But mm. um, yeah, probably like a week away from the video being done. But like the video is really, I think it's really gonna um, mean a lot to a lot of people. I think so too, dude. I I could definitely see that song Truce, even though it's an older song. Some fucking black director is gonna find that and put that in the background of like some black movie. I can just see that happening <laughs> sooner or later, man. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. Slowly but surely. You never know. So with Truth, the sequel, I guess, to Truce, what's the what was your um idea with waiting to put out the song also? Because I was like, maybe I can listen to this song because like you have like tons of like news articles talking about it, but I'm like, oh, the song's not even out yet. I feel like you're waiting for the song to drop with the video, or what's the yeah, process behind um, that? We're gonna put the um, we're gonna put the video out with the song. I think we might put the song out a couple days before, but we just want to make sure that the video is like perfect before we put out the song. But um, I put out an acapella version of the song, um, like uh, when the uh, after the like a couple weeks after George Floyd had passed, I think I started like the first. The day after George Floyd died, I think mm. I started watching the. Um, I started. Uh, I started writing um, "Truth," and we're gonna call it "Enough" instead. But um, I started writing it, and um, yeah, I was just like, I feel as if I gotta be able to. Like, I I, I just need to expand upon my thoughts because this isn't one hundred percent of where I'm at right now. And like, I love truce and I love what that did, but like, that's not the energy that I was feeling the first time I watched the George Floyd video. And I wanted to write about where I was at then. And then I wanted to like continue thinking about it, talk with more folks. Like I talked to some police officers to talk to, I, I've been going to these protests. Like I've seen the pro, like I've been at protests in Chicago. I've been at protests in Portland. I've been in protests up here. Like, it like I just needed to see as much as possible before I could feel as if I was ready to say everything that I needed to say. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm just trying to make yeah, the song is pretty much done at this point. We've been it's been a long summer. The summer's over. It's fall now, but it's fucking nuts. <laughs> is it? It just went like by like that. I know. 2020 feels like it's been like three, four days. I know, like. March just was put on pause and then like blinked and now it's fucking October. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stay inside and you blink yeah. and it's on. Yeah. But I think I get how you feel with your song Truce. Like, I don't know if this is an example everyone can relate to and definitely no diss to this group, but you don't want to be like an artist like public enemy who's like the first thing you think of when you think of public enemy most people is like fight the power fight the power. Like, that. like you have more to offer than just truce truce is definitely a song that's necessary for everything that's happened but you don't you definitely don't i don't want you and i think i don't think you want to be someone that's boxed in with the song that you made when you're how old again like 15 that was, something uh, like that. i made um i made seeds when i was 15 i made truce when i was 17. 17. It's just like, that's where I was at. And like, that's where I was at. And like, I think a lot of people are still at that place. And I think it is really hard. But like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to pigeonhole myself in that experience and pigeonhole myself with that, um, with simply that idea. And I can expand upon it as much as possible type thing. So it's like finding cool ways with art to not sound redundant, but like, I don't know, convey something that means something to people. For sure. Why do you think it is like, Seeds is definitely a good song, but like that is kind of old now. Why do you think that's the song that people are just so drawn to? Like, I was listening this afternoon to like your song with Katil. Like, I'd never seen that music video before, and that shit was fucking fire. <laughs> but then, and then I see some, I see people in your comment section being like, you know, Seeds is the song that really touches my soul. I came here from watching Seeds. I'm like, but. Yeah, that song is that your that song that you just put out with Teal is a little bit older now, but Seeds is way older. Yeah. And I'm just like, why are people still trying to connect Seeds to what you're doing now? Like, even in the comment section. Dang, man, it's like everything that I've put out since then. Type every time I've put out a project after the fact, it's just been like, man, thank you for this project, man. I'm so glad I found Seeds is what brought me here. I'm so glad Truce is what brought me here. Or they'll listen to the whole project and they'll be like, man, that was fire. 
I'm gonna listen to Seeds one more time, man. I need that one more. And it's like, I get that. Just on some like, I think everyone can relate to Seeds just on some like, everybody has felt as if they had no idea what they were doing or where they were going. And they just get into self-deprecation mode. Just on mm-hmm. some like, oh man, everything's worthless. There's no point of me doing anything. Like, I don't even know what, why. But I don't know. Something about the second verse of Seeds and just like having the realization that you just like, everybody's going through some something hard right now, but like you can find resilience. Like you are worth it. You can be your best self regardless of whatever is happening. Like, like people really resonated with the idea of just like getting through it. So I think people take seeds and they're just like, you know what, man, it might be Monday morning. Like I have zero interest in putting on this, the getting ready for class or going to work right now. But you know what, let me throw on this song type thing. This might be a boost of energy. It is going to be a good day. Like things are hard, but like I can get through. For sure. Yeah, and that's a good way to look at it too. I, I think that's important for you to be able to look at it that way as well. As well as maybe people, you know, maybe just thinking that's like your best song, which can definitely be annoying, but also think about the bright side, like how that can actually help people even though you were so young when you put it out. They're going to see my other stuff the more like the more consistent I get with it. Like I truly truly believe that everything is going to be able to get seen and everything is like people are going to look at my whole body of artwork type thing if I stay consistent. But like, I got lucky that my first couple of songs were, <laughs> True says it's almost nuts. 2 million views, bro. Like, I was 17 just putting a song out on SoundCloud with my homies. Damn. It's like, like I got blessed, I got lucky for sure, but it's just like, I think the more I work at it, the more I have, the more I hone in what I have to say and the more I'm just like, yeah, people resonate with the songs the most that where it's just like I'm speaking to. I'm not simply speaking to my experience. I'm not simply speaking to like, yo, swag, 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 money. Oh, and I got plenty of those songs. Like there there are some of those songs in the discography. But like, I think the songs that resonate the most with people are the ones that is just like, nah, let's be uplifted. Mm-hmm. And you're from Shoreline, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I crazy. Would... So like, the biggest like it's like up north it's like shoreline and like mount lake terrace so like it's freaking you got the little mosey on one side <laughs> and you got the nathan zonga on the other side <laughs> it's it's crazy bro like i think the north side has a lot of talent i think people mo- shout out to what mosey and royce were doing bro like like i think mosey and royce brought a lot of light to uh to what's going on in the north in the in the whole like greater Seattle area in general, but like mm-hmm. in the North End specifically, I can speak for like, Katil is doing big things right now. Dempsey's doing big things right now. But Tondo got crazy music right now, man. Uh, this dude Zay Wonder, man, ridiculous music. And, like there's a lot of people that like, I think more and more people are starting to see it. Cause like Dempsey mm-hmm. grew up five minutes away from me. Katil grew up wow. five minutes away from me. And it's just like, Dempsey's signed to RCA right now. Katil's song is being played during the NBA Finals. Like, that's shit. <laughs> it's just like, it's like everybody's from out here that decided to put their head down at some point and was just like, this is what I'm going to do every day. Like, I love Dempsey, man, because Dempsey hit me. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to put out five TikTok, like around five TikToks every day, man. I'm going to write this many songs every day. And that was around this time last year. He was telling me that. Damn. And a couple months ago, he's announcing that he's signing the RCA, man, after all these Spotify views. And I'm just like, that's my bro, man. I watched you do this. Like, I watched you work your ass off for this, bro. Like, come on. Yes. Holy fuck. Like, I'm proud of him, man. I'm proud of Royce, man. Like, I grew up with Royce. And what Royce and Mosey are doing, man, like, the whole world is her Blueberry Fuego right now, bro. That's crazy. And it's just like, like, like there are eight, there are Royce type beats, bro. I watched, I sat there in Edmund, in Royce's house, man, watching that kid make beats day after day and night after night after night after night. And now there are kids on YouTube trying to be him. That's fucking nuts. Like, like I just see the, I see the work ethic that my homies from the North End had. And I'm just like, yup, 
I got to put that into myself and put my head mm-hmm. down because I can, I see it can happen. And fucking Katil, he recently got on Sway on the, in the morning. I was like, holy Katil shit. Katil has a Sway interview? You didn't see that? That happened like two no. weeks ago. Yeah. What? I did not I was see like, that, bro. Got the blue check now on Sway in the morning. Oh, my God. I did not know that. Yeah. That's wild. Because I am... I'm subscribed this way, so like, any, I'll get like a notification anytime like a new interview comes out, and it slightly popped up on my phone. Katil, I was like, Katil, there's no way that's Katil, <laughs> and it was fucking Katil on oh. Sway in the morning. <laughs> sway, Sway in the morning, man. Sway in the morning. And they just know some kids from the north side up here, man. You're from I, I can't, what high school you go to? I actually grew up on the east side. I grew up on Mercer Island. Okay. So I, I recently I recently moved to Snohomish like a, about a year ago now after I graduated. Okay. And um, it's cool. I live like – there's like horse ranches all around, wild peacocks, deer, coyotes. Like my backyard is the woods basically. It's, it's a total different experience. Well, I'm trying <laughs> to vibe out in the middle of nowhere, bro. That's my kind of wave right now. Dude, I was hearing you talk about that on your interview, your previous one, and – like, I felt the exact same way. Like, I've been just doing a lot of nature stuff. Like, right before, because I, me and my family had talked about this, the quarantine that, you know, the one that happened in March. Like, we had actually talked about it, and, like, we thought it was going to happen. Like, we were pretty sure. When no one else was sure, we were like, this is definitely going to happen. So yeah. what I did is I planned a, I planned a cabin trip with my friends. And do you know Nestra? Oh, bro, tell me why I was talking to Nestor on the phone literally two hours ago. That's funny as fuck. That's hilarious. Yeah. I took Nestor up to my cabin, which is, um, it's in Greenwater, which is past Enumclaw, and it's basically on this river. And we were there for like a whole week leading up to the quarantine, the day of the quarantine. We got, I got back home at two o'clock. The quarantine started at 4 p.m. Like... I was just like, I needed to be out of there. I knew something was going to happen. So I was like, where should I go? Fucking nature on the river with Nestra. Just kicking it. <laughs> Perfection, bro. Perfection. Like, that's, what, that's just... what my ideal thing is, man. I've been telling my friends, it's just like, let this music bag come. Let let, let somebody throw us a music bag real quick. We're going to get an Airbnb in the middle of nowhere for a few months. And we're just... Anybody who has any interest in doing things artistic for a while, come through, man. We're just going to be working on tunes. We're just going to be working on painting. We're just going to be observing Mother Nature, man. I'm trying to go to, I don't know, North Bend, Leavenworth, somewhere, yes. somewhere, somewhere isolated and gorgeous. But yeah. close enough to Seattle where I can like still like come out here to vibe if I need to. I don't think people realize how... like. Washington has like every type of climate. We have like we even have like the deserts. We got we got the forests, deserts, forests, ocean, like <laughs> everything. It's like hopping on I five. Um, it's like once you get to downtown Seattle, instead of going on I five, going on I ninety, and like looking at all these skyscrapers, and then you drive on I ninety for fifteen minutes. You get mm. you drive past that ocean, and it's just like oh trees, trees, trees. Oh mountains everywhere. And then you drive for a couple more hours and everything is just, uh, uh, what's that stuff called? The yellow stuff, like, uh, what's the yellow grass called? Uh, oh, hey? Is hey. It hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's there just like, bro, we got all sorts of, we got all sorts of terrain out here, man. What's even crazy is like, so I get, most people when they think of Everett, it's kind of like low income area. But like, even if you're in Everett, you can look outside and see the mountains. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Even in like places that people say are like unhappy, like low income areas in the Seattle area, surrounding I mean, it is so pretty. There's nowhere in Seattle that's not beautiful, man. Like, sure, there are places with more money than other areas, but like, just like going outside and taking a look, man, you're gonna find beauty everywhere out here, man. Fucking nuts. So, tell me about this camp. Is it Camp Prodigy? Oh, Prodigy Camp, man. Prodigy, Prodigy Camp, okay. Yeah. I've been doing Prodigy Camp since I was um, yeah, 17. I wrote Truce when I were, when I first went to Prodigy Camp. Hmm. But um, 
Um, this dude, Rick Stevenson, he put up this, uh, he started this camp about 12 years ago. And it's just like a storyteller's camp, pretty much. It's for um, young filmmakers and young songwriters. Um, but it's really just a chance to hone your skill and like learn the, um, like the, um, the importance of storytelling and like different structures of how to do that. But like, it's like, oh, I, for, for the past five years, every summer I've spent a couple weeks just like out in the forest, like doing art, the like talking to um, different kids my age from all sorts, from all around the world. Like there are kids from Australia, there are kids from oh, wow. like Croatia, there's kids from everywhere that come through the Prodigy Camp and it's just like, where um, it's a like it's a really 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 cool thing to um, reckon, because everybody over there has to the the best part of the whole camp is like the campfires that we have, and um, everyone's required to just talk about like some of the hardest things they've gone through in life, and just talk about just like growing up and figuring out how to be a human, and it's like really 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 powerful to just get together with a bunch of people your age that love doing art and then recognizing that life is hard for all of us too and how are we connected in the hardships and the best parts of things you know for sure and where is it located like i think on the website it said leavenworth or it could be just completely just out of it yeah it used to be in like this place in uh it used to be in kachis but now it's in leavenworth Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask, like, how you compare it to, like, Totem Star or the Residency, but I guess it's, like, an actual camp, and I guess people from all over the country and outside of the country go to it? Yeah, there are people from, there. like, like there are people from all over the world. There are people from all over the country. Like, a lot of it is mostly, like, a lot of the people there are from the Northwest, but, like, they try to get as much of a broad spectrum as possible. Damn. So do you think it basically fits in with the Totem Stars and Residency? I haven't, I'm not that tapped in on Totem Star, but the Residency, um, I'm, I have, uh, I have a few friends that have done the Residency, like Nestor has and Talia and Brandon have. Um, I don't know extremely how much, like what, uh, goes on at the Residency, but like, I, um, yeah, it, it is on the same idea, just on some like, hey, how can we empower the youth to, use their voice yeah for sure like whenever i've talked to like a totem star or a residency alumni or current student they say that if they hadn't been part of that program they wouldn't be where they are now so i'm guessing you've same for you when it comes to oh bro man, i know <laughs> i think i make music the way i make music because i learned about storytelling at prodigy camp i learned about leadership at school and that leadership camp and that church and stuff i learned about expressing myself in musical theater i learned like i take all of my experiences and all the camps i got to do like mm -hmm. for, as the main reason why i'm doing this now that's crazy and it's just closed this year like when i was listening to like a news article they were trying to make it seem like it was closed down forever is it just this year because of the virus year, or yeah. It was just okay. this year for the virus. Hopefully we're back in 21, but we don't know, man. They're talking about concerts in 22 now. Oh, shit. I would hate to see that, but whenever it can, whenever concerts can come back, man, the goal is that we'll be large enough artists that by then that we'll be large enough artists that there's no reason for us to not be on the festival uh, circuit. Bumper shoot. Come on, man. I Biggest <laughs> dream, man. Bumbershoot, Coachella, Tacoma Dome, man. Hell I know yeah. they're building the uh, the rebuilding key, key arena right now. I want to do be able to say that I did the Tacoma Dome once in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, like I saw Kendrick, <laughs> man. I saw Kendrick and Drake at the Tacoma Dome. Kendrick, yeah. Drake, Nate at the Tacoma Dome, bro. I'm trying to be able to say oh, something shit. like that. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. I feel like. I feel like that's so important to have like any type of program. Like even for me, like I feel like if I hadn't been in my radio program in, in school, I wouldn't be where I'm at. 
Like th- those type of programs are very important. So if if someone you can't of course can't do it this year, but if like people are interested in being part of it, like is there an age limit? Like how do you sign up? Um, if you go on the Prodigy website, you can sign. You can try to um, sign up. Mm, but uh, yeah, I've I've like I've like uh, I've made like I've gotten I've like introduced people to the program so they could possibly get in after the fact, and they did. Like I've had a couple people like come through the program, and it's just like kind of changed their lives. That's dope. Are you are you like their like star pupil then in a way or? I mean, there's a lot of people there, bro. Like, there's like, there's like a lot. Like, there's all sorts of award women, filmmakers. There's like, um, there's a few people that are assigned to major labels over there. But um, yeah, I would say everybody just goes there. Everybody's on the same level. Everybody's just sort of kind of just like super into sure, it. Man. That's dope. So we kind of touched on your video, but for like the audience members who don't know, go a little bit more in depth about this new video and when it's going to be coming out, if, if you're even allowed to say that yeah. yet. So we've been working on a short film. Um, a working title is enough, like the song, but it's basically just, um, um, it's basically just my growth from truce to this next song enough. And, um, what got me to this point and just like it's really speaking on um everything that's been going on these days just well the, everything that's been going on for 400 500 years but like it's in your face extremely this year and um i just wanted to um i just wanted to put a story out about where i'm at and i think it's when people watch the video, they're gonna they're gonna grow with me, and I think they're going to understand who I am, and they're gonna hear me a lot more. And I think a lot of people right now are just in a position where it's just like I've been screaming out in these streets for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. Why aren't you hearing me? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are just like trying to be heard right now. So I'm trying to do my best to try to speak for the movement and speak for where people are at and speak for where I'm at. For sure. Did you hear about um, Derek Chauvin or Chauvin posting bail today? Million dollar bail, man. Million dollar bail. That's fucking, you're a cop. How do you make a million dollar bail? How do you post that shit? <laughs> Go fund me. Damn. You got all it, that. Probably, bro. It's like the, uh, what's the kid who, uh, what's the kid who murdered those people? Uh, man, the kid who went uh, to the uh, protest and like Kyle Rittenhouse or whatever his name is. Oh, at the, at the, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he, he just shot he up those the guys' place. brains out. Yeah, bro. And he's just like, <sighs> that kid, 17 year old, has fans, bro, because he murdered protesters. And they raised, I don't, I think they raised 100000 for him, bro. And it's just like, the guy, George Zimmerman sold the murder weapon that he killed Trayvon Martin with, man. He offered that shit up. Like, this is like, it's like a sport to kill niggas, bro, and get away with it. And they've, like, taken over the our team, too. Like, Black Lives Matter is just, I don't even know what's going on with that shit anymore. Like, everything's just, I don't know. Like, I personally know, like, and this is just from my perspective, like, of course, there's always racism. Like, I'm, I look like a, like, to anyone else, I look like a black guy, but I'm pretty silly with a fucking Mickey Mouse tattoo. I couldn't hurt anyone, but I've definitely, like, experienced racism. And, like, since, like, the protest, I've, se- I've seen it even worse towards me, even. Like, in my own neighborhood, like, really? three months ago, this guy, like, drove up to me and my family. We were just going for, like, a walk. And he's like, do you guys live here? Can, can I have your address? And I'm like, what the fuck? And of course, he was a stereotypical old white guy in a white Cadillac. Like, of course, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I've been living here. Is it... And it's just like, what is that, bro? What is that? I'm so... Yeah, that's whack, bro. 
It's just like, yeah, I think a lot of the time it's just like the questioning if we're allowed to exist or like questioning if we're allowed to just be present and just be regular is the most obnoxious part of it. Like, yeah, I was talking to this guy. I had an interview, like, I think it was yesterday with this guy who's like Samoan. And I think, yeah, Samoans can be fucking gangster as fuck, but I usually like Samoans. I think Samoans are dope. And, like, he was talking about, like, how he feels like he has to put his hair in a bun because he's, he's from Hawaii. And, like, he feels like he has to, like, hide his ethnicity and everything like that. And I'm like, what the fuck? And, cause, and he's in Seattle. And it's weird because we were talking about diversity in Seattle and, like, and especially in, like, low-income neighborhoods. There's so much diversity. But then people in Seattle still feel, like, all this racism that for a lot of people wasn't prevalent until people started going to these protests and realizing that we have fucking like Antifa down the street, basically, and all this shit, you know? People don't, I don't know why people didn't think this stuff was happening, but this stuff has been happening every day for the longest time. Like sure, there are more people out in the streets nowadays than there were maybe a year ago, but people have been in the streets day after day for years. Mm-hmm protesting the same things like your song doesn't even like truth doesn't even like of course we're talking about we already gave the background but like if you were just gonna listen to it for the first time today you would think that's a song that could have just come out in 2020 yeah Yeah, that song definitely could have came out yesterday the song could come out tomorrow and it might still hit somebody a first-time listener the same way man and it's just like like that's the cool thing about making timeless music like trying or attempting to make timeless music but like at the same time it just i it was annoying to me that every time it wasn't annoying but like it was hard because truce feels like a funeral song to me sometimes man it's like every time there's a murder like every time the uh, media throws on another black person being murdered by the uh, police and it's like national news i get Four or five messages on Twitter or Instagram just on some name, man. I needed to hear truth today, man. I needed that, man. We got to love each other, man. We shouldn't be out in the streets. And you, I'm just like, bro, people are in the streets because we still have to put, you still have to put on truce right now to clear your mind off of, man, another tragedy happened. Mm-hmm. That's why people are still in the streets. I'd rather it be a song that you look back in like 10, 15 years and being like, Oh, remember when people had to make songs like that? Like it's like a just historical song versus something ten years down the road that we're still being like, oh, this sounds brand new, you know? Like, but let's still look at like "Fight the Power" or any type of song like that. That stuff is still all very relevant. All still relevant. Tupac is still so relevant. N.W.A. is all still so relevant, man. And it's just like, I was talking to my cousin about Trayvon, and I was talking to my cousin about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and he was just like, bro, I was born in 1990. Rodney King got murdered in 91, bro. This, like, I don't, like, know if anything's going to change. It's 2020. And I'm just like, I hate the fact that my people feel that hopeless. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that, like, I just think this is, like, on a way smaller scale. But, or even, like, how we had to celebrate it so much that, like, a Black Panther movie came out with, like, a black superhero. Like, you know how weird that is? That no one's, like, celebrating, like, a brand new white superhero came out. You know? Like, I mean, they don't... why do we have to make it... That's such a big deal to us that it's, like, a the first black superhero. There's certain, there should be way more than that we can, that we can celebrate in the movie thing, theater. It shouldn't have... Like, we shouldn't... Like... No, like, of course the first one is going to be the first, the most exciting one. And it's like, sure, I'm but... glad that black people came out and proved to people like, yeah, tell our stories. We're regular people, too. You will make money off of telling our stories. It's just like, now they're working on, uh, I heard they're working on Static Shock, too. Oh, shit. I used to watch that. Yeah, my older brother Disney was XD. a Static Shock fanatic. Hell so it's yeah. just like, he's, and my brother's super into comic books, too. So it's just like, yeah, you can tell stories about more than just white people and people will relate mm-hmm. like maybe green lantern would have bombed if they had the black version instead <laughs> that's all i'm saying would uh ant-man hit as hard mm. i don't know bro i could not tell you i don't know but speaking of like media attention 
I feel like you've done like a really good job with the media attention. Like with them, I was watching like your King Five News article, which was crazy because they're like, that man was he was that man was like ten feet away from me with his mask on trying to. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Uh, shout out to Eric, bro. Shout out to Eric. But, Everything got to stay protocol. But they're like, this is about five years later or whatever. And we interviewed him four or five years ago also. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> These guys know you. Bro, that was luck of the draw, man. Somebody, when we first put out Truths, man, somebody showed it to their pops and was just like, dad, you got to do a story about this kid. Oh, wow. And then... Eric, like, shout out to Olivia, bro. I don't know if she, I don't know if Olivia was the one who told Eric about me, but like, shout out to Olivia Wilkinson. Shout out to Eric Wilkinson for doing the stories on us, man. Like, and like my uh, prodigy, um, Rick just knew him too. So like Rick hit him again. It was just, hey, if you could come through and uh, tell this story, that'd be great. That's fucking nuts. I feel like it's hard for a lot of artists to get the like, King 5, especially, or like Seattle Times. Like, do you think it just takes someone you, you like? To, you have to know the right people, or do you know if there's like a way that artists can just do it on their own? Because that's awesome when you got on, but you're also saying like shout out to these people that helped me get on versus being like, oh, I could able to take the initiative myself. Because it's I feel like it's hard for media outlets to help the. I feel like if I did a better job of taking initiative myself, type thing, I feel like I'd be in a little bit farther of a place artistically right now. Like, I'm getting out of my mom's basement soon, I swear. I swear. <laughs> but, like, like, I think um, it really is just, like, luck of the draw. I'm going to put my soul into this, and maybe somebody catches it and decides to tell somebody else about it. But, like, I just, like, people just, I don't really be making that many phone calls on some, like, hey, please help me, please help me, please help me. People just... I've been figuring out about this stuff and have been like, wow, I want to be able to help with what you have to say, or I want to like, I want to help push this to the next level. So I'm just like, I'm blessed that everybody from prodigy camp decided to put in all the energy that they did on this film, man, because when people see the film man, they're going to be like, Oh, they're like, this isn't just like a regular kid putting out music on SoundCloud, man. Like this is like, like, this is like an artist, artist, man. For sure. This is like a film. This is like, I want people to really like start taking what we have. I think people already do take me seriously, but like, I think more and more, I think what we've done this summer is really going to bring that to a larger scale. It's like the next step. People are going to start looking at this. Oh, mm -hmm. have you heard his Enough song? Enough is what actually got me through things. Maybe mm -hmm. Seeds, but Enough, that's the new one. And it's like, if they people hear enough, if the first time you've ever heard Nathan Zonga is listening to enough and you're like, yeah, let me go click on another one of his songs. That's a W. And if yeah. you, you decide to click on Seeds or Truce, and even though I wrote Seeds in 2015, if that's the one that resonates with you right then and there, and you decide to hit repeat on that one and not the thing that I put out last week. Oh man, I can't be upset that something else that I said resonates with you, but like, I'm glad that I can say something that speaks to you. And I'm mm -hmm. glad you found something that I said that speaks to you. For sure. Seems like you're very excited for this new project or can you call it? It's like, everything's a project in a way. This sounds like a pretty, it's a huge project, honestly. Even if, if it's not like even if it's not like a full-on album, this is definitely a fucking project to do. Nah, this man, shit. this is like the biggest. Like I've learned how to make um, albums by making the um, Welcome to Natropolis mixtapes. Like, and each one of them, I feel like 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 as a cohesive record. Like I don't know, maybe Seeds is your favorite song out of all three records, but like the third record is the best one just off of like like just structure and to me everything's mm -hmm. subjective but um i want to be able to say that we grew every single time we put something out and um i think with this one on the um on the making sure my ducks are on a row um with all the business aspects of things and making sure that we're doing things on the media side correctly and like we have a team now, man. Like I have a team of people that I've been rocking with for a while 
but like everybody's been individually spread out helping me like but now we have like weekly meetings on just like this is our team and this is how we're moving forward and this is how we're getting to the next step and i think everybody's been putting their energy and really really taking this to the next level so i think this is like the this upcoming release is the most major release i've ever had and like i love to keep the ball rolling on that man i think my favorite song that i make is probably always going to be the newest song that i make but for sure i can't be upset if people want to hear seeds <laughs> but yeah i think it's important for you to talk about that business side like that's what artists need to know that having that team is very very important like you can all you can get only this far without a team like even those independent artists or like a j cole says they're independent they definitely have a fucking team behind them helping them out no everybody like like chance is independent but like chance's team is way too large to be independent like you gotta be like no chance is independent for sure but like chance's team mm-hmm. the if you that's my like ideally man if like you don't have to go to a record label if the stuff that you put out with your homies type thing just resonates on a national or world scale type thing just because mm-hmm. sure so be it let's do it but i don't know i think we may need some help i'm i'm all ears i just want to learn i just want to know what's going to take us to the level that for people on an international scale to hear these stories for sure man and i think you're on the right track you know like i'm excited to see how this video turns out and i definitely think you're on the right track like i only reach out to artists that i feel like are on the right track that's the easiest way to put it <laughs> no, i appreciate you for reaching out bro like I was watching some of the interviews, bro. It's like, you've been working with some heavy hitters, bro. You've been working with some, like, you've been, like, I'm this, like, my name is on this list as well. And it's like, you just got loot up there, bro. Yeah. I was like, whoa. I was like, hey. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So, Nathan, what is some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists, creators, influencers? Bro, I would say... My biggest advice would be put your head down and just do it. Just, just, there's always another option. There's always something else that you could be doing, man. There's like, working is boring, but like, (laughs) there's always something else that could be going on, bro. Just pick, pick art, man. You don't have to be going out every night type thing. You don't have to be, yeah, pick art, bro. Just make if you like making art, do it as much as possible. Put your head down and try to make thing and the things that resonate with people are the like real stories. So be true to yourself and like people will like catch on. Definitely. That's definitely true. Like if you're going out to hang out with the bros every night, but you wanna be the next Jay Z making billion dollars. Hanging out the bros every night, it's not going to make you that billion dollars. People think they can put out, people think they go to the studio, they freestyle one song, they call it good for the night, they put that song out, and then, man, I should be up now. Where's the millions? Where's where's my Sony deal? RCA, where are you? I put out my song. I did it. But you have one song out, you worked for two hours, you thought that this that's all it was going to take? You really think that was all it's going to take? Like, Macklemore wasn't kidding, or Malcolm Gladwell wasn't t- kidding when he was talking about that 10,000 hours thing. Like, put your head uh, down and do it. For sure. Well, what is the easiest way for people to reach out to you? You can reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Natropolis, N-A-Y-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S. Um, I have a record coming out called Accountability or Accountability Buddy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> one of the two. Or, um, and yeah, I have a look out for my song Enough. It's coming. And a short film is coming as well. And I think uh, a lot of people are really going to resonate with the stories that we have to tell. For sure. Well, this is the NAS Podcast with...
Nathan Zonga, I appreciate you for being here or for having me on, Blake. <laughs> for sure, man. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this with me, man. Yeah, for sure. Bro, you know too many of my people. Like, we got to continue <laughs> chatting. Like, For sure. Just, coincidences are a myth.